0: Bit a call baby hey what's up everybody welcome john why do you have your hands over
1: your face because i'm doing the podcast in the dark i'm doing the podcast in the dark just me my thoughts and your voice in my ear uh, do
0: you think you could make it four days all alone in the dark Aaron Rodgers planning to go into uh, a a blackout basically for four days. Just a man with his thoughts. Guys, some, did you make it four days? Sometimes I walk
1: across the street to the little store or I take the dog on the walk without my AirPods. And I go, "I, I, I made a mistake. So under absolutely no circumstances, could I go four days in the dark?
0: You've been to the restroom without your phone lately. Just read just end up like, oh my God, is there is there a pack of wipes or some some shampoo bottle around here I can read? I wonder what it says on the back of the crest. <laughs> I'm like, oh this body scrub's been down here in this basket for seven years. Let me read the ingredients on this bad boy. And then it turns out all you had to do was pee. It's like, man, that's I couldn't go 30 <laughs> seconds <laughs>
1: yeah, without <that's>...
0: reading something. <laughs> this guy's gonna go four days in, in the darkness. I'd imagine that's also a cleanse, no eating. You know, I I saw the tweet that I sent you from one of the Packers beat writers who said that, um, you know there were some follow up questions like are you wearing clothes that, that sort of thing. I did not read the answer, although I would think if you can you be in a dark room, just you can walk to the bathroom like I, no, unless you're it's you know part of the experience is sitting in your own. Is he playing up to the like into this or is he? actually doing this like it's hard to tell I don't know I didn't want I kind of watched bits I tried to go watch the the interview and it, um, I did see him address the rumors that his handicap his golf handicap was suspiciously low something you first mentioned to me and then I saw Josh Allen kind of accuse Aaron of, of it and Aaron said you know I've played this thing five events I've only made the cut once he goes it's the handicap they gave me I saw I saw Tron, just based
1: on the scores that he has recorded. Tron Carter says when you're an amateur and you play in this event like a celebrity or one of these athletes, you are locked into the handicap based on the last time you played the event. So even if he's improved, let's say the last time he played this event was last year. If he's made some progress, so he's gone from a 10, let's say he's playing it now a six.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's locked in the last year. Wow. And he did have a good point. Like I wouldn't have broke 90 when he, I, I saw that part, too, yeah. at Pebble and you know, you're a 10 handicap that could shoot 80. You know, you could have a hell of a 15-hole stretch and people are
0: going to get mad at you. A darkness retreat, CH99 on the stream tells us. It's what it's called, a darkness retreat. Darkness retreat. So
1: you can do that with Mark, da- Mark Davis and Max Crosby in the cigar bar.
0: Is he, is he there visiting Raider quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo? Why would he be with those guys? Good point. <laughs> Raiders are going to build up brady's return they're going to shift their focus to aaron and they're going to end up with jimmy i mean it's that's what's going to happen or like andy dalton <laughs> yeah or andy dalton but you know you got the garoppolo we don't talk about the garoppolo mcdaniel's connection john before we dive into uh, some of the quick headlines of the day and this is a shorter show today if you're on youtube like and subscribe we appreciate the subscription if you're listening to the podcast uh, check out the YouTube. It's in the podcast description. If you're watching the YouTube, check out the podcast. It's in the podcast description. Um, before we dive into a few things, like I said, it'll be a little little quicker show today. Uh, let's tell the people about our friends at Sleep Number. SleepNumber.com slash ham. SleepNumber.com slash ham. Whether you like sleeping a little softer, John's Sleep Number is 40. You like it a little firmer. My Sleep Number is 55. Sleep Number's got something for everybody at SleepNumber.com slash ham. Yep, I love sleeping in the cold. Sleeping in
1: the cold for me helps me sleep deep. A little darkness And then I retreat. wake up, a little darkness retreat in the ice cold. Wake up, up and at them, ready to kick ass, take names, like we're doing right now on this Super Bowl week, and we sleep great because of our friends' at sleep
0: number. Yeah, sleepnumber.com slash ham. Eight out of ten couples prefer different mattress firmness. That's where the sleep number smart bed comes in and allows you to Uh, just the firmness on each side. And if you're like John, you like to sleep ice cold in your personal darkness retreat, guess what? Sleep Number has innovative solutions like temperature balancing bedding and the new 360 smart bed, the Climate 360 smart bed, which actively cools and warms each side to keep you sleeping just right.
1: Yep. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number so you can bet on yourself and those that you care most about. And now discover special offers for a limited time at Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com
0: flash. All right, John, we have uh, news today. The 49ers have hired a defensive coordinator. Kyle Shanahan has made the call. Steve Wilkes is the 49ers new defensive coordinator. Wilkes, of course, was the Panthers coach this year. Uh, interim head coach. He was um like I think they I, he was not the defensive coordinator. Maybe it was pass game or run game coordinator, and maybe assistant head coach or something like that. But then, of course, he took over after the Niners got Matt Rule fired. And um, had a pretty good year, all things considered, down the stretch. He was the uh, Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator previously. He was the Cardinals head coach. Obviously would have coached against the 49ers back in the eighteen season. He was Carolina's defensive coordinator before that. So Shanahan does have, uh, I'd say, a pretty healthy history having coached against Steve Wilkes, (laughs) Universally appreciated by Panther players, at least one record about him. Uh, I watched quite a few interviews, read quite a few quotes. Uh, they seemed to like him. Felt like they wanted him to get the job,
1: which, you know, a lot of times players want their interim coach to get the job. And it felt like hit him and Frank came down to it like it came between those two guys. I mean, he almost was a head coach in the NFL for the second time. And I, I was hard on him for his one time as a head coach. And listen, Vic Fangio's a $6 million defensive coordinator right now. He's just not a head coach. Like, just because you're not a good head coach, or maybe you go to a terrible situation does not mean you're a good position coach. These guys are really lucky that, you know, <laughs> the, the salaries are Steve Wilkes, probably making two and a half million dollars, you know? So being the number two, especially in this situation is an incredible job. Now he looks, you and I were both saying, and sometimes it's the gray. He looks a little older than he actually is. I, I would say by his picture, I was like, God is, you know, a little older, 60 year old. He's 53 years old, which You know, historically, it was like right when guys became head coaches in the NFL. So, you know, the the 49ers, I would say defensively, they started this thing in 17 with Robert Sala and had D'Amico on the staff. So their two defensive coordinators had been here the entire time, right? When Robert got the job, they transitioned pretty seamlessly into D'Amico. This is the first time I'd say like legitimate pressure on just an outsider coming in. You know, obviously, they don't have no, no matter what, there's no change on the offensive play caller. But the defense, which has been since they got good in 19, has been, I mean, a major reason they have been really good three of the four years. And even the year they sucked in 20, their defense was pretty fucking good. So this, the standards are pretty high, I would say, defensively. It's a fantastic job to take, but it's also a pressure job to take. There's no like next year ninth in the league in defense. That's probably a problem.
0: Yeah, it's it's um you know D'Amico was promoted from within, like you said. Robert Sala, they all came from the outside, but you know the situation that Robert Sala came into was very different. In part, that was 2017. Those were different players, by and large, than are here now. With a couple guys, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward. Although Jimmy might be gone, that was I, that, I think he's gone. That, that defense was 27th. He was taking over the defense that had been 27th in the league in points per game. That's not the situation that Steve Wilkes is walking into, right? Steve Wilkes is walking into, by many metrics, the number one defense in the NFL, which obviously makes it an attractive job for him. But it also makes it a very interesting job to hire for Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and Emmanuel Mosley, maybe uh, Mooney Ward. uh, Greenlaw. uh, Drake Greenlaw. Like these guys and Chris Kassarek. Like it's not just the players. It's also the position coaches like they know what they're doing. They know they're really good at doing what it is they do. So as you, you called it a risk before when you and I were talking, I think you're right. Like this is a very, like you need a guy who can command a room who has confidence in what he does as a coordinator and can hit the ground running because this group would sniff out a fraud very quickly or not even a fraud, just somebody who's not ready for the moment or is a little over their head. And uh, that's not what Robert Sala walked into. It is kind of what D'Amico walked into, but D'Amico has, you know, uh a very good rapport already with a lot of guys. And as it turned out, he had the goods. So and had, had just known every guy that was starting personally, right? Right. right. And, they, and had, they had reason to believe in him. Yeah. I, I believe in him. I, 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 I so think the, Steve Wilkes brings a lot of legitimacy to the position at a time when you you really probably you, you would just would have been taking a risk if you were bringing somebody in to coach guys who already know they can be the number one defense in the NFL. Well,
1: I think it's fair to say that they needed a guy who'd been a defensive coordinator. They, they couldn't take a risk with a first timer. D'Amico was unique because, like I said, he was on the staff. You know, you couldn't take a first timer from outside. That's, you know, I think trying to make up a pitch on, on the fly in the World Series. You know, it's just you couldn't afford to screw that up. and. Kyle's had a pretty good track record, right? I mean, the last two defensive coordinators are head coaches in the NFL. And this is a guy that, I mean, clearly people think highly of him, runs the same defense, which I would say is clearly very important to Kyle. He's verbalized that. He now is backing up through his actions. And probably ultimately why Vic Fangio is not the coordinator, because that was the guy. But from defensively, from schematic standpoint, like he doesn't, he wants to run a 4-3 defense. And this guy runs a 4-3 defense and gets an incredible opportunity to, I I would say, get himself right back in the mix of being a head coach. Yeah, right.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I think it would be very easy because, like you said, he's still relatively young and it's very easy to say the two situations he's had. One was as a head coach with the Cardinals. Now, maybe they're going to hire one of the coordinators from the Super Bowl, but they've yet to hire a coach. Um, And the other was as an interim with the Panthers. So. You could easily make the case that he's not had the opportunity yet to to really, you know, take over a franchise. Um it's, coach- it's, I think sometimes,
1: you know, unless you're really there, like talking to a player or scout or someone in the building. He went six and six, which I, I would imagine over the last three or four years the best stretch the Carolina Panthers have had. But like, is there just a natural jolt of You know, a coach being gone. And remember, Tepper fired several coaches. You remember a lot of the guys that Rule had brought with him. I think, you know, Snow, who was the defensive coordinator that he had brought from Baylor, he got fired. So Wilkson became the interim and kind of obviously takes over the defense, essentially. Uh, But it's pretty clear, like Kyle had his eye on this guy and was yesterday talking to him on Monday, just ultimately a formality. Maybe. I I would think Kyle
0: puts a lot of stock in having coached against the guy, right? And I'd say most, most
1: good coaches do.
0: Yeah, and you should put a lot of stock in that. You know how the other guy creates problems. And, you know, Kyle's hiring a defensive coordinator at a time when he plays a lot of teams that do what he does. So he knows specifically the Rams in his division do what he does, right? The Seahawks have some of what he does offensively. So he wants some of that. What works against me? Because we got a bunch of other guys out there trying to beat me. You know what David
1: Tepper loves doing? Is you know, he he takes Frank over Wilkes, which I got no issue with. You know, Frank has proven more than Steve Wilkes. If you just like, I need the safest hire. Frank is a safer hire than Steve Wilkes to make your head coach. In fairness to Steve Wilkes, who again I was very hard on his one year, Steve Kime, who's got some issues going, Josh Rosen's rookie season. I mean, it was a disaster. They, they were fucking terrible. Remember, they had the number one pick the following year, and that's when Cliff came in. They get rid of uh, Josh. But he hired – you know, Frank's going to get – It's going to claim Frank hired him, but I feel like Tepper, uh, the UC Davis, Avero, the defensive coordinator from yeah. Denver, just like, who's the best defensive coordinator? He did the same thing when Rule with Joe Brady. It's just like he just looks at the stat sheet. Let's go hire this guy. He's available. It's, he loves doing that. And I'll give credit to Kyle – He's not really into that. Like he's into like what makes sense in his building. You know, the personality really matters. Now I need you to know what you're doing, but I'm also not. I'm not Belichick. I'm not just tied on the people I know. It's a little. Andy does this. It has historically when he when he hired Jim Johnson with the Eagles. He just coached against Jim Johnson, and he just thought he was really good when he was with the Green Bay Packers. And I forget where Jim was, but like, and, and then from a personality standpoint, you know, coaches. Very small fraternity. So you, I bet Kyle had a pretty good idea a lot about Steve Wilkes before he ever first talked to him on the phone, right? Yeah. Uh, Probably was developing a short list last offseason when D'Amico was interviewing his first go-round.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. He would have had to because uh, he predicted it would happen with D'Amico, and then last year it it nearly did. Wilkes did beat the 49ers in his 3-13 and year with Josh Rosen. C.J. Beathard's 54 pass attempts that day could not overcome the uh, the Cardinals. Uh, 349 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, four sacks. And the- I
1: think Josh Rosen, you know Josh Rosen, they they beat the 49ers. They beat the Green Bay Packers because the night that Steve Wilkes' team beat the Green Bay Packers, pretty sure they went 3-13. and 13, yeah. That was the last game Mike McCarthy ever coached for the Green Bay Packers. He was fired that night uh, at Lambeau Field. If I remember correctly.
0: Uh, yeah, Joe Philbin, it was they, they fell to 4-7-1. Philbin coached four games that year, so that, that about looks like it adds up. Yeah, good memory.
1: I don't remember what happened a week ago, but I remember the night Mike McCarthy got fired and
0: what team he got <laughs> fired against. <laughs> Who could forget where they were when McCarthy got run out of Green Bay? I'm sure Aaron's press conference that night was very good. Um, part of the job, I think, if you're Kyle Shanahan's defensive coordinator so far has been to be a little different than Kyle from a personality standpoint. I don't know. I don't know enough about Steve. I've watched him talk a little bit, watched some locker room speeches. Um, He seems a little more, I mean, D'Amico and Sala are both very buttoned down. They're just more excited. I would say they, I I don't don't know. I don't know what Steve's vibe yet is. Hard to tell. It'll be interesting to see if he brings a little more of a, I'd say Robert and D'Amico have a little more of a, They smile easily, a little sunny disposition. I don't know that I've seen Steve on the sidelines smiling much, but um, I know I've never really seen Kyle smile much on the sidelines. So if Steve just smiles a little, I do think that's part of the Niners. So far, part of their DNA has been their defense is just as hard-nosed as Kyle wants, but the guy that leads them has a little more pep in his step maybe um, than Kyle does. And Kyle has has no – you know, Kyle's a little more dour, but his offensive personnel has pep. Kittle has pep. Ayuk is a positive. Debo definitely exudes. Trent Williams smile. Use check upbeat. Um, so it's it. You know, they've got a good little personality mix going there. Um, Danny anyway. Danny Gray's lively. Danny Gray's
1: Danny Gray's dancing in the front of the line. I, I think one thing that will be tested though this year is obviously getting an outside guy, but this is an outside guy. A lot of times when a team, you know, or I guess not a lot, it depends on the situation, but a decent amount of times there's a lot of turnover. Like when I get a new defensive coordinator, he brings his guys or we kind of rehaul the staff. This is an outside guy coming in who is, and rightfully so, forced to work with a very established defensive line coach who, yeah. from a financial standpoint, I don't have Jed's books, but there's a chance that they make the same amount of money. So this is a guy that's used to doing things a certain way, that's part of the job, but and a linebacker coach who, you know, I mean, has been, Johnny Holland's been here for a long time too. So th- these are,
0: you're forced to work
1: together. And I, I say that sounds negative, but it's not like, you know, Wilkes has this defensive line. That's not even an option. Like you're just kind of coming solo. Maybe he gets to bring one guy. I don't know, but the, the core of this team, the linebacker unit and the defensive line, that ain't changing from the message that those guys get, the way they're wired. Obviously, new healthy influences are, you know, it's a it's it's a natural thing in football, but...
0: You could argue it's the offense that needs it more. Yeah, but the head guy ain't listening to anybody. <laughs> like, Kyle, now hear me out on this Croft-Reddick matchup.
1: <laughs> this is what I, we do? I was at the gym listening to Lombardi. He's like, yo, pretty should have stepped up. It's like, yeah, I mean, fuck White. Even if he had stepped up and the guy was coming
0: untouched, you know, he. if the best argument for why you should have that matchup is this is just what we do. Somebody from the outside might have said in the meeting, can we not do that today? Just that one thing right there today. Can we not do that today?
1: Is Kyle hoping that Reddick has like three sacks in the Super Bowl? And it's like, no, no one can block him, Guys, what do you want me to do?
0: Yes. Yes, he probably is. Does although, it make it look better if he's the Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, although I think it looks worse. I think you kind of, in, in a weird way, Kansas City winning this. You don't want to have. I think it's painful if you lost to the Super Bowl champs that way.
1: Well, if the Chiefs win, they also beat you forty-four to seven.
0: Which, the- <laughs> yeah, you can you could take that. I mean, you got blown out by the Eagles too. Let's not forget. We just pretend. Well, I mean, happen.
1: you know, you you just depends who you ask. <laughs>
0: Scoreboard was the scoreboard. (laughs) True. Scoreboard was the scoreboard. Um, Tim Kawakami wrote in The Athletic today about the 49ers' relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. And one thing he wrote here was this. um, Yes, the relationship between Garoppolo and Shanahan slash Lynch seemed to have gone a bit south in the days or weeks leading up to the NFC Championship game in Philly. I don't know if there was a specific blow up or conversation that led to this. I don't know what the main issue was. And then he goes on to talk more. You can read more about it in The Athletic. Now, what could you possibly have a disagreement about with an injured player?
1: As far return, as I can tell, yeah, only return, one re- Return date. Yeah. There or, the, or the severity. Remember Mac Jones and Bell
0: severity of injury. Severity of the injury. Jimmy broke his foot week 13. And at the time, they said there's an outside, outside, outside chance he could possibly return. So... If there was some disagreement, I guess it could be, hey, Jimmy, I know you're not active anymore, but it'd be great to have you around to help out the young guys. I doubt Kyle would ask Jimmy to do that. right? I don't think would that bother Kyle if Jimmy weren't around in the meetings as much? Or remember you noticed several weeks ago, like, Jimmy's not, is Jimmy on the sidelines? Is Jimmy still on this team? It was a
1: pretty major injury, right? A broken foot. He was going to be out for the foreseeable future. And even talking NFC championship game at that time. Cause the first, I remember the first couple of weeks were like, could he return for the playoffs? It was just kind of generically. And then as Purdy started doing well, it got a little more specific. Could he come back to the second round? Could he come yeah. back to the championship game? Super Bowl. Like everyone was always trying to put dates on it. And in fairness to Kyle, he never really, he was always, I would say, pretty, uh, pretty loose and just open, you know, he he was never concrete about, like, we feel very confident mid-January he'll be ready to join the group, right? He never boxed Jimmy into that. It was weird because it was just, like, purdy or death because Josh was never really discussed, in
0: fairness, right? Not externally, but I'd have to think internally the staff had to know. And, and again, this is, we're, like, really going, this is kind of conspiracy theory stuff here. But the question is, why? what would have happened that would have soured their relationship in the days or weeks leading up to the NFC championship game. Like why is the when here relevant? Cause it's not like Kyle and Jimmy were best friends a year ago. So, you know, but they were friendly enough that they were friendly enough. No question. But why is the when here relevant? And I had to think internally, John, don't you think for a franchise that struggles to make it through a season with a starting quarterback playing all, 17 games in the postseason, et cetera. They had to know every game they played, and they played, you know, a lot of them, with Josh Johnson one snap away from being on the field, every game they played like that was a game they were putting their season at risk. And so maybe it wasn't so much about, like, Jimmy should be back as it was, is it possible they just – Jimmy was – rehabbing his foot, a broken foot, which you should not fuck around with a broken foot. You come back too quickly from that. You could ruin your career. Is it possible? They thought Jimmy was rehabbing or that Jimmy was rehabbing to be healthy enough for free agency. And they wanted him to rehab with get healthy as fast as possible, because maybe we could use you this year. That to me, if I'm trying to figure out what could possibly happen. And, and by the way, I would not hold it against Jimmy if he was trying to get healthy for March fifteenth, not January fifteenth.
1: Right? He was not rehabbing with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, very, an enthusiasm very known to mankind. I, listen to me: the moment he got hurt and the situation that he was in with six and a half million dollars, I can't believe, like it was over. Like I, I, I never, I always thought the talk of him coming back was. I I didn't put much validity to it. Uh, You know, and I I think it was kind of capped off. I guess this Tim's writing this. They were already angry at him before, but like Jimmy was in La La Land smiling on the sideline in Philly 28 to 7. So it's like I I think he was just kind of checked out. Now, you could argue if he was completely checked out and the team was checked out on him, why do you even bring him around? Right, because Trey was already there on the sideline and it had been talked about. Did you, you said you had heard uh, Tim Ryan say that you know he was helping. Him and Purdy were working together, so it's not like yeah. it's not like Jimmy was also there signaling. I'm not saying Tim's wrong by any means, but if they really were kind of angry at him, would they have brought him on the game? Maybe they were still hoping that there's a chance that if they get to the Super Bowl, he would be willing to do it. W- w- why not? Like, what do you have to lose?
0: It's not like he's a malcontent, right? Yeah, it, it, there's a line between the situation
1: was weird. You could argue like once he breaks his foot because it got pretty normal once he came back he became the starting quarterback and then but he would still have his jimmy moments where they were clearly weren't in love with his play let's not act like he was lighting the world on fire you know when he was playing i i do just wonder if he broke his foot like most human beings as kyle said after remember he said in this press conference like it's over maybe that's what tim's also alluding at like why he was so aggressively saying, like, it's over.
0: Like, he doesn't even want to fucking. He was very dismissive, right? Like, now it's over. Now it could be as simple as Jimmy. It could be if you are going to go. Well, maybe Jimmy told my like, guys, I got to go somewhere else. But it felt like it was Kyle saying under no circumstances.
1: Was it last year when asked about it? Like, was it was that when Kyle gave the quote? Like, we don't even know if we're all going to be alive tomorrow.
0: Yes, that was la- that
1: when was they're last. trying to like, could Jimmy be back? And he's like, yeah. oh, I
0: can't. I don't know. You know, was that dr- my- was that? Yeah, that may, yeah, that was last offseason.
1: They were asked a lot of questions last offseason about the trade, remember? It was like, when are you going to trade him? How are you going to trade yep. him? When's he going to get traded? Is he going to clear? What's he going to clear? And that was really more questions about Jimmy Garoppolo, I would say, leading up to the draft than anything trade related Because so, it was just, how, what could they get for this guy? Could they get a second-round pick? Could they get a third-round pick? And those guys are like, we don't even have offers. And you know, then he got the surgery, and it got weird. They've had a... They've been in a roller coaster business relationship with this guy for a couple of years.
0: years. Uh, Julian Edelman on the I Am Athlete podcast. We go into week four and Jimmy was practicing and then just decided not to play. Jacoby played with no ligaments in his thumb, which you can't do that as a quarterback. You can't grip. And it's your shoulder with Jimmy. Uh, remember that? Maybe it was Martellus Bennett said something and then Edelman kind of backed it up. I would say the only thing I would push back on that, not saying obviously it happened, Julian was there,
1: is he was young, he was trying to prove himself. He did prove with the 49ers last year playing through injuries. Right, he had a fucked up thumb and a fucked up shoulder, and he played. So, you know, I... I, Now, he was getting paid a lot of money, so it's a little different. Remember, he was just a second-round pick, late second-round pick, trying to eventually become a starter... I, I just I, I do wonder if we like looked at all these different does some players approach some of these i mean look at Lamar he just tapped out here's what you can't deny i'm what just saying when i when i've experienced him last year he played through injuries not very well but he did
0: yeah yeah but but I, I would say like lamar you mentioned lamar what you can't deny is when your quarterback is not your long-term quarterback or your quarterback's not under contract for a long time when there's a lot of money on the line your motivations and your quarterback's motivations, or just any player's motivations, may not be the same. And the 49ers, now through, what, six years of the Kyle Shanahan era, and still not having a franchise quarterback, um, you open yourself up to situations where what the team wants is not what the player wants, and what's best for the player is to do something that may not be what's best for the team, because the player then puts their career at risk for a team that, has not reciprocated, right? Yeah. And, you know, here's Mahomes on a 10-year – now maybe it's – maybe who knows? Maybe these all these situations are different. A high ankle sprain is not a broken foot. But here's Mahomes on a 10-year contract, not going anywhere for the foreseeable future, doing whatever it takes to stay on the field with the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, he was actually the opposite of players and
1: coaches, right? He actually was acting like the coach, like, I'm not leaving this no. game. And the coaches are like, go to the locker room.
0: And why are the coaches doing that? Because Because we got you for 10 years. Exactly. They need him healthy for the big picture. Yeah. So this is whatever's going on, whatever happened with Jimmy and Kyle, it is somewhat a result of the fact that the Niners don't have a franchise quarterback. They have not found one yet. Maybe it's Brock. And, hell, it's one of my things this offseason. We'll talk more about it. Wouldn't wouldn't you say the Jalen the Jalen, I mean, he's battling
1: injuries, but in his mind, he probably feels like I'm going to be here with the Eagles for the long term. I think Jeffrey yeah. Lurie even hinted at that because he doesn't have a contract yet, but he's battling through an injury, right? You know, Purdy's, it feels like Purdy's hesitant or going through every, and maybe this is human nature when you have an injury of, you know, that level of going, I, I can I avoid surgery? Because I don't want to give up my spot because ultimately I want to get to the spot where they have to treat me like that. Yeah. Cause I know that I can just get Wally pipped.
0: Right. He should not be looking at it. Like we've like, we we've given him the job if he's healthy based on what we think he can do. But if I were him, I look at it like, like he probably is, which is Trey Lance is young. He hasn't played. They drafted this guy highly. If I'm hurt, they have no choice, but to believe in him. And um, I don't want to give them that option. And they're saying, Oh bro, we, we believe in you so much. <laughs> Go get that surgery. But easier said than done when, when it's not you in that spot. And so who knows what Garoppolo's health would have been. But if you told me the story was Jimmy was rehabbing for March 15th, not Jan, not Jan 15, I'd go. Yeah, that makes sense. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef. And all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always. And you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff curated right now. Go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella Story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling. Every time to top it off. The performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ham at manscape.com. That's 20% off and free shipping manscape.com code ham. When things get hairy, make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time, get on the prize picks app, just like me and use the code ham 50 for a first deposit match of up to $100 football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot I was just looking at some pictures of a concert, Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T E C O V A S dot com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly
1: because I've been using this app for a long time game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough, and here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code ham ham you save twenty dollars off at checkout that's promo code ham at checkout and save twenty dollars to any event download the game time app now
0: I gotta tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required, and now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look, I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the three-in-one video smart lock from Eufy and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacation's coming. You spend less on airfare. It means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So, listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future You Will Thank You.
1: I played golf with a guy over this last month that, uh, that lives by the street where the Mr. Irrelevant Parade goes down in C- Coronado Island. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, kind of like down the street, but yeah. like in the general vicinity. Because yeah. Purdy came up and he brought up the Mr. Irrelevant Parade. Yeah. Comes right down by his house.
0: Uh, I watch, I remember this last off season watching the, the Niners put out like a nine minute video on the Mr. Irrelevant celebrations. And it's like, it's like Brock and like some, just like kayaks with random people. It's like part of the event. It's, it's very weird why they, they raise money for a local charity. Um, I think maybe Terry Donahue, the former UCLA coach, was very involved in it once upon a time. At Coronado Island, it's a very wealthy area. It's a big fundraiser in that area. There's no connection between Mr. Relevant and Coronado Island. There's no reason for it. It's not like the, you know, the mayor or some guy who built, you know, some local builder there was once Mr. Relevant. There's there's no reason. It's kind of genius from a it is, you know, from yeah. a marketing standpoint. Um, And it's kind of fun. Like this guy who got picked last gets to have this little celebration in his honor, but uh, (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) That's very funny. Corey says, my questions about Kyle aren't about his coaching. It's whether he's a leader, the lack of full support for Lance, the Jimmy situation, the dog houses, his injury responses. Can't say that I like him. That's what Corey says. Kyle's answer. The last question when Jason Cole just said, Hey man, what, all your quarterbacks get hurt. Like what's the, he didn't even say what's the deal. He just said like, is this a, th- a pattern that you're aware of? And Kyle's just like, they all get hurt in different ways. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I think he's very, he has a lot of great qualities. One, he's a really good coach and clearly he's a really good leader and he's been very, very successful, right? Very successful. When he loses, and I'd say Harbaugh's not a great loser. I think Jim's gotten better with age, just watching him in Michigan losing. He was not he wasn't Mr. You know, smiley either after losses when he was the Niner coach. But Kyle, unlike Jim, was clearly not gonna be here long. Kyle, you're not going anywhere. I think he could just resonate a little bit more with the consumer who desperately wants to just, b- b- just go to the mat for him. And just give a little, like, it's not about Jason Cole or everyone sitting in that room. You're speaking to everyone else and just say, guys, I screwed up. Because everyone would be like, I knew it. Thank God. He, he can admit it. But
0: I, I, I never agree. admit anything. I agree with everything you just said. So this is what I'm. John Lynch is and.
1: fantastic at it.
0: Yeah. I'm about to say and not but. And it's not just that it's lip service. It's also, could we just acknowledge that maybe, maybe. There's a little flaw in the system, maybe, There's that it's not a flawless system. Andy doesn't run the ball. We'll see. Not a flawless system. Pretty good system. Not flawless, right? We'll see if it costs them. Super Bowl. If Andy loses the Super Bowl, I mean, we'll have lost a lot of big games. Will he lose big games? Because what are you supposed to do against this Eagles team? Run the ball. Well, the Chiefs can't run the ball. Is that going to cost them this Super Bowl? It might. It might cost them the Super Bowl, right? Good, yeah
1: um i'd say andy's a little more consistently since he's been with the chiefs happier just happy
0: well, he's like- winning a lot more <laughs> he won a lot in philly he's winning even more in kansas city true but i just there's a happy-go-lucky vibe doing yeah. yeah he got his ring he it feels like maybe he's got like, a little- we
1: get it you, you work long hours you're up early we, no no one's no one's acting like you're lazy no one's acting like you don't know what you're doing no one's acting like the players don't like it no one's acting like you haven't built a successful team just occasionally it's like yeah fucked up man it's you don't even have to say the, it. I don't even know how you would verbalize it, but just be like, Yeah. Yeah. If I, if got, obviously, if I knew what was going to happen, I would have called a different play. You can play. fake That's
0: your it. way through that answer without meaning it so easily. He doesn't have, he, but I don't would. even, I don't want him to fake it. I don't want to have an honest conversation about is it possible that that matchup, no, he doesn't believe that, is suboptimal, as the internet would like to say.
1: Nope. Problematic,
0: him, Joe, as the internet, Mitchell,
1: him, Joe, Joe Thomas, Mitchell Schwartz. I think yeah. you run that play every day of the week and 10 more times against the birds. Yeah,
0: Croft or Croft or uh, Anthony Munoz. I'm calling that play no matter who's blocking over there. Same yeah, guy. We, we coached it up the right way. We told him to put his hands inside and chop his feet. You guys don't understand. It was going to set up another play seven plays from now. You guys didn't see the big picture. You don't see the big picture.
1: We just see Purdy's arm in a sling. Yeah, we
0: no, <laughs> we do see the big picture. Your All-
1: tight end had to ask him 30 minutes later, can he throw left-handed?
0: So, yeah. We saw that. All right. Anything else to add? This little quick show today. Uh, There's always so much more we could talk about, but we were committed to keeping this show quick. I'll give you, you one like, real quick. Did you see Pro Bowl ratings were down? Uh, no. Yeah, Pro Bowl ratings went down to 6.157 million people. From 6.5 million last year, Pro Bowl ratings were down. To six, You're telling I guess me three. 6 million people watched that flag football game? 6.157 people watched the flag football game. The uh, NASCAR clashed the Coliseum three point six million. Duke, North Carolina, which was a good game, was two point eight million, um, and uh, the Pro Bowl six point one. They put NASCAR inside the Coliseum. Second year they've done that. Yeah, they did it last year too. How's there enough room? Well, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> I think they take like a halftime because everyone pits together, and uh, it's cool though because it's really small. But you can't. I guess some of the NASCAR fans don't. You know, it's not. You're not going as fast. Yeah. Um, but it's in the Coliseum. <laughs> So it looks visually, it's kind of a cool thing. But um, Caleb Williams was the green flag guy. Celebrity uh, Na- star NASCAR probably gave him what five hundred grand. Uh, shout out to Ronnie Rivers, former Bulldog, who won five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I think on it was a slot machine? I think in Vegas during All Star Weekend. Or I saw weekend. I
1: saw I saw someone responded to like the post. Whoever from like the gambling people to put it out like. Just millionaires making more money. It's like, guys, he's not a millionaire. I mean, he's like fighting for his NFL life. He might it's have like a two-year NFL gone, career. Like,
0: he made like three hundred thousand dollars before <laughs> taxes last year. Maybe it was more, but
1: and he lived in L.A. I, I bet he probably broke even when you factor in like where he lived. I know. You know. I mean, that, that's when you sent me that when it said former NFL player, I assumed it was one of the Pro Bowl, like oh Bosa hit it or Justin Jefferson. When it was him,
0: I, I mean, I got very very happy. I did too. It was three-card poker, uh, Tripp says. He had a royal flush with his three cards plus the dealer's cards. Oh, I thought it was a slot machine. Very good. Congratulations. I do not even know what three-card poker is. Um, Anything else to add? Congrats to Ronnie Rivers. Congrats, Ronnie. <laughs> there a dog in the house. 18-year career for the Bulldogs, you know, get your car. I <laughs> Fresno State's all-time leading rusher. Uh, what else? Anything? We, we got to go? That's all I got. All right, y'all, thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for the quick show. Share it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon this week. Later.